This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on 8.12.15. You know we love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. That's it. Choices. Good to have choices in life. You Morning, just boys. Give us a little hint of your ability to do that fast voiceover. Just a tiny hint. Yeah, I, yeah. What I'm, what I'm, I used it's to try and do good. it really. What I'm after to any new readers, I'm after work doing terms and conditions. T's and C's. At you the love end of, yeah. Well, you've really got to speak very, very fast. And um, but there, I wasn't in any by any means in full flow. I was, I was teasing. No, just a glimpse. Yeah, exactly. Just moments of anticipate. Moments where I just accelerate a little. Okay, <laughs> but thanks for noticing. Al, much I appreciate. Right. as they said in ancient Rome. Oh. Frank, well, I've read my contract, and that's what I'm here for. Oh I yes, I'm good so. lad, good lad. I said I asked they them if they could uh, if they could highlight that bit. <laughs> Can I just flag that we're getting a lot of love for your work in Halifax this ah. week, Frank? Okay. Ah. We've had... Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is my new stand-up uh, theme tune. <laughs> you would, you Whereas I think my, my, uh, some people think my uh, stand-up theme tune should be... Uh... Whatever <laughs> Go on. Oh, oh, good. I said go on. I mean, obviously, we well, don't repraise out on here, but I'm glad people liked it. I will go on because mm-hmm. Glenn Maker, who you may recall... Tell me about Glenn Maker. Tell me about Glenn Maker. The yeah. very same. <laughs> Glenn Maker has... He's inserted some praise, but I think it's fine because he's done it in a sort of Trojan horse style. OK. Um, it's within the context of something else regarding the show... Do you remember we were discussing Follow the Bear Boys? Is that the first Homer reference on the show this morning? <laughs> this morning, yes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Follow the Bear, which we were discussing... Yes. The Hofmeister ad. Follow the Bear, yeah, was, yeah, was that a Hofmeister ad? Follow the Bear was the Hofmeister Bear, and apparently Orson Welles directed the advert. He has, I mean, obviously a lot to unpack there, but yeah. he has a name, mm-hmm. George... Oh, yes, I remember that now he mentions it. Oh, I do nice. wonder if he has an origin story, though. Good to see you at Halifax, Frank. Praise redacted. Text from Glenn Maker. George's origin story. I'd watch that film. I recall. I'm right that he wore, a satin, he wore a satin bomber, didn't he? He wore a yellow yes. satin bomber. He yeah. wore white socks with a black slip-on loafer. He wore a jaunty trilby... Well, I think he wore what was what's called in Scar Records um, a pork pie hat, if I remember. You know, in a pork pie hat, Rudy got married. Did I slip into the accent now? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. I'm. Um, we still follow the bear spiritually on this show. Yeah. Um, although I can't, I can't follow him to his ultimate destination anymore because I'm a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> let us move on. Uh, oh, I went to the uh, I went to the Kino this week, as they call it in Germany, the cinema. Yeah, oh, did you? What did I see? You're asking. Well, here's a clue. If I was publicising this film, I would definitely, definitely invite. Invite, invite. We're so Birmingham there. In John Voigt's not in it. That wasn't a clue. Invite John Terry to the premiere to make sure that you'd got tabloid coverage. Yeah. Ah. It's a tricky one. It's. I went to see June. Uh, then the headlines would be Terry and June, obviously, which would uh, be guaranteed. See. Yes. So you know June, uh, D U N E. I do. Are you yeah. familiar with it? Yeah, I went to see that this week in a sort of a in a sort of pre-screening situation. Oh, lovely! And it was um, it rocked. I have to Is say, it? oh man! And I had um, Seven Up. I haven't had that for a long time. Oh, nice! Lovely. That's nice. I had a bottle of Seven Up that I made. La- the film's like two minutes four, uh, two hours forty rather, and. Yeah. Uh, 
At two minutes forty. It's actually might, might have been the trailer they invited me to. Now two hours forty. I made a bottle of seven up last for the whole thing. In that you know the Steve Davis style of drinking. Tiny sip. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and I managed, like, I created a sort of seven-opness in my mouth that lasted for two hours, 40 minutes, without really feeling like I'd consumed any liquid at all. It was really quite a thing. Do you, do you love fancy a seven-up? I always find it the compromise, if, I, if I'm if i honest. I think... Apologies to anyone who works at seven-up. Isn't it um, the rough <laughs> draft of lemonade? <laughs> Seven-up, yeah. yeah. I think that probably lemonade was like the nine-up. That was the ninth <laughs> uh, draft. And then they think we'll stick with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll tell you about the film as well. I'm not just going to tell you about the free uh, the free stuff, obviously, although as it's ever, free. that holds a warm... Oh, yeah, free seven-up, free oh, popcorn, wow. free film. So cheap, you two. Yeah, I, I know. should have changed the way I listen to that now. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I say it again off air? You can enjoy it more. Yeah, yeah, OK. Frank Skinner, Skinner on Absolute Radio. I went to see uh, the new sort of uh, sci-fi. It's sort of like romance sci-fi, if you know what I mean. Mystical, mystical sci-fi. Is it sci-fi. a remake of Dune, then? Is that what well, it's, yeah, I, I think there's been th- uh, two, two Dunes before, and this is, um, mm. this is the third. Dune? This is the third. What if, what if they called it that? If everyone in the film said, <laughs> I think the word only cropped up once in the. They do talk a lot about desert power. Yes, we will, oh, we no. will use desert power. And I thought, sounds like a board meeting at Newcastle United. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I tell you what, it's quite. I liked it. I really liked it. It's, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's got lots of spaceships in it and people getting uh, shot with sort of guns that aren't proper guns, but they fire oh. like electric I stuff. I see out. that. You know, that. Decade. aliens, all that. <laughs> and it's very Star Warsy, I think. They're in the oh, yeah. desert, you know, and there's people with beige bandages. You know that look that they that's, have on Star yeah, Wars? Star Wars. Beige bandages and a cloak in the <laughs> desert and, and not just your eyes yeah. showing and maybe goggles or Are something like that. Are you referring to Tatooine chic? Yeah, all that. Yeah. And there's a bit of, like, the Force in it and there's, like, a Jabba the Hot figure but who's, like, a, a bloke instead of a, a, a made puppet thing. Okay. Are you sure you didn't go to a fake Star Wars film? No, it's much darker. Like when, when people sell mocks instead of Crocs, are you sure you didn't just do that? <laughs> no, it was, um, it was darker and more menacing than Star Wars. It's not really oh, for the okay. children. Oh. I wouldn't take that children to oh, it. Oh, okay. Now, in fact, it, it's so dark and menacing, I would call it, gather around for this, Noir Wars. Oh. Come on! I think we all know what you'd actually call it is Noir Wars. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I uh, I liked it a lot. And apparently, I tell you what, um, obviously you've got to be very careful of any minorities of, uh, in knowing films, but the bald have really been cast as the villains. I mean, bald, every bald uh. person in it have really turned on the bald. I mean, it's, it's like... A bit of a spoiler. It's like Hollywood's been thinking... Well, you know, it's, they're pretty upfront about it. But it's yeah. like Hollywood's decided, well, who's, who's left for us to um, tear down here? <laughs> I know, the bald! And, uh, yeah, if you're a bald... They still do person, the Germans quite often. Yeah, well, Ger- there's, well, there's no Germans in this because it's like a, on another planet. So, <laughs> Al, often the, the upper-crossed Englishman uh, has never come oh, out yeah, of can. the... Those sort of franchises particularly well. No, well, yeah, I, I, I think um, Richard Wattis as the man from the Ministry. He's he's obviously officious but likable deep down. And um, there's a reference I wasn't anticipating this morning. <laughs> Richard Wattis. What is the baldness thing? Is what it... is the baldness thing? Yeah. <laughs> what is the bald? Is it a sort of uh, what's that man's name? Is it uh, Vin Diesel? Well, oh, yeah. Arturo's in it. Oh, um, I'll perked up, thank um, Aqu- Aquaman's uh, in it. You know Aquaman? Oh, no. yeah. Okay. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Something like Morbius. Jason Moammer or something. That's it. I, oh. I knew there was an M in it. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's got oh. hair 
So we're all right with that. Oh, right. But yeah, I, I would, I would definitely recommend it. And it, and it's one of these that it ends, where, but it doesn't end. You know what I mean? So there's going to be more. Oh, like a dot dot dot. I'm hoping the sequel will be called July, but with a D. <laughs> That'd be so perfect. <laughs> Hold on, here comes the jingle. Outside world, outside world, whoa, the outside world. <laughs> I can smell the fun, I can smell the haddock. <laughs> I like the slightly abrupt ending. Yes, well, obviously, I didn't actually do it as a jingle. I did it messing about on the show, and it's been grabbed. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's not what I would have dreamt of. I, no, I like that abrupt ending. It's like suddenly some, you know, someone's just uh, embarked on the... Someone's just uh, on the, landed on the ship and they've got evil intentions. I yeah, think no, I've, sound... had to, I've had to break off. I've had to put down my squeeze <laughs> yeah, box like, and, and deal with the admin. <laughs> yeah. Ultra Magnus. Hello, Ultra. He's one of our regulars. Yes, I remember. Uh, he has something to add. Re, we were to, You were talking about how the bald get something of a rough time of it in uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. The bald have to pay for their mistakes. That's um, very oh. fine. Okay. I, I want, good. in Shine 2, which was never shown, I, uh, <sighs> um, I, I go into a pub and give the, the woman says that will be a 98p and I give her a fiver and she says, have you got 2p? And I say, no, I've just gelled it this morning. <laughs> and uh, I think we know why it wasn't broadcast. I like the idea that rather than being broadcast on television, you just tell us a joke a week. Maybe I'll do. Maybe we'll have a little section, (laughs) a section where I do a little reading from Shane too every week. Although it could be ribald at times. Some of it wasn't really suitable. We could eke it out for quite a number of episodes. Yeah, it's a a joke a week. No, no, it's now it's time for another episode of Shane too. Now, if you'll recall that Shane has uh, taken a homeless man into his home and he's talking with him about the way of... That's one of the episodes. Homeless man paid by Matthew Kelly. Oh. Mm. oh I fun. could do the bit where it says, previously on Shane. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man. It. When I was a, a, a kid, I used to listen to uh, BRMB, the Birmingham uh, station, and uh, they used to have a, a serial on their... Um, was like a, a Western serial. Oh, set in Birmingham. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a comic thing, but it was um, on Les Ross's show. Les Ross was our sort of cult hero DJ. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, that's that. Okay. E- would yeah, you like to hear um, some further communiques? I would. From our lovely readers. Yes, I can't yeah. reach my squeeze box from here. Just dish them out. <laughs> We've had uh, Paula Wright has got in touch mm. to say, do you remember we were discussing dungarees not so long ago? Yes, oh, I think yeah. we were about on about the age um, where you had to start wearing them if you were male. That's right. Exactly right. We have a question from Paula Wright. One of the guys at work, she helpfully adds mid-30s, mm. has come mm-hmm. in today wearing dungarees. I cannot remember what was decided on the cut-off age for men. Over to you, Frank Skinner. Was I think we verdict? said eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was where we got to. Um, but there but is I a caveat remember... for what work, though, isn't there? I think we were allowing white dungarees for painter and decorators. Oh, yeah, that's that? all right. Oh. But I think if, if anyone over eight wears dungarees <laughs> other than that, they, they have to have the days on the bib bit, the way babies' bibs have the days on. So you have to wear them on the right day, I think. But I once said I remember that the cut-off point for rolled-up jeans was about eight, and I remember Alan got quite upset about it. What about Mark Kermode? I mean, for goodness sake. I I don't know where he fits in on the whole whole thing. Um, Maximum height, seven foot. Mark can't get in, apparently. Has, Has anyone got a hairnet? Frank, I know we're not allowed praise, but it's getting very difficult because I'm getting all sorts through. Okay, what on your um, on your Twitter? For you. Okay. Daniel Peckick 
comedy's my medicine and Frank's supplied that to me for a few good years now. What have you got involved That's in? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, I'm one of these underground doctor guys. Oh, did you hear Lucky barking? I did. Lucky doesn't like yeah, Saturday mornings. My dog's barking a bit. I don't know why, but I'm assuming that a family member will deal with her shortly. I quite um, like the Atmos. The yeah, I, the I think it's, atmosphere. I like a bit of uh, a bit of uh, canine background stuff. I think that's good. We've yeah. actually received a text in that I'd like to bring to Frank's attention, if I may. Um, 036 has said, Hi, gang. Enjoying the show with a cuppa. Now, here's a thing that we don't do on this show. We don't ask people what beverage they're enjoying the show with, and I think we should perhaps encourage I, that. I worry. I mean, what if you'd asked me um, 35 years ago and I'd said Ricard? Diamond White or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ricard for breakfast at that point. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, not not recommended. No, no, um, can I say, if anyone's listening, um, it's, uh, that's not good for breakfast. I mean, I suppose it depends on what time zone they're in, if they're having an evening in and just enjoying it. Yeah, but you know anyway. when people say, oh, Cocoa Pops is at quite high sugar for breakfast? Yeah, but they're yeah. better than Ricard. That's the general. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that, I think they should use that as a strap line. Um, that's lovely the, and child appropriate. <laughs> yes. The text message from Nige034 continues, Could I ask if you have ever seen a film called Soul Levels, a 1941 film... I would really like to know what you thought of it. I found the film two days ago, and do you know, it's in my top 20. Wow. And that's from Nige. But I like the idea of people messaging saying, what does Frank think of this? Frank think of this old thing. Could you uh, (laughs) repeat the name of the film again, Manchester? We lost you briefly there. (laughs) Oh, Sullivan's Travels. Oh, yes. In fact, I own Sullivan's Travels on DVD. I saw it, and, um, yeah, that guy, Preston Sturgis, who made Sullivan's Travels, made a load of incredibly enjoyable... You know when films just had, like, stories uh, in them? Oh, yeah. And not people trying to get Oscars with their shirts off. And he just... Mm -hmm. Preston Sturgis is, like, proper... proper. You know, my view that people get... Well, men now certainly get Oscars in the gym, not in the rehearsal room. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, um, no offence, Al. And uh, yeah, Preston Sturgis. In, in proper, the for any Oscars. Proper scripts, Preston Sturgis. So yes, I, I know that film well. Okay. Did we? No one's got in touch. Can you please tell us? Did Orson Welles? I mean, have I, we been very? Have I been a very great fool in thinking perhaps there was some truth in the Glenn Maker claim? Regarding Orson Welles directing, you'd Bobby like the to Bear. think that you'd you'd recognise the uh, the Orson Welles directorial style if he'd you, you know yes. if it had been called Citizen Bear <laughs> or something like that. There'd been lots of black and white shots of of, of George at a desk shot just over his shoulder. Having we just a, just see the paw tapping on the desk. Maybe a little brief a comfort break. Yeah. In the, in a woodland area, and then they at the <laughs> uh, then there's like a uh, a, a sledge with um, Hofmeister written on it. Uh, it's uh, sorry if you haven't seen Citizen Kane. This makes no sense at all. But and we're not here to make sense. This is radio. We're here to have fun. <laughs> Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Two seven five mm. has got in touch. Regarding dungarees. Oh, yeah. With the burst of dungaree wearing in the last few years... What? what, what? They've said dungarees wearing, in fairness. Have I, have I, I've missed that burst. Well, interesting... A spate? I, was there a spate? Yeah, just... I think there has been. <laughs> I went for the singular there, and this person's gone plural. Yeah, it's all right. It's like sometimes you can say it was she, she was wearing an orange trouser. I think that. I think well, Emily do does. That. I think that's yeah. her fashion so background. Some, actually, sometimes you can say, "Why would one say anything else?" Exactly. But, uh, with the burst of dungarees wearing, I'd go dungaree. But there you go. In the last few years, mm. I wonder if there was if there is someone new and cool in the dungarees wearing chair. For many, it is very much still Kevin Rowland of Dexy's Midnight Runners. Oh yes. Although for a group of millennials, I don't like that term, it's so dismissive. Let's put a pin in that. I think the title <laughs> was taken by Demi Moore. Or Demi. 
I wonder if some modern day heartthrob has set the trend ablaze again. That's from 275. You see, I think, um, mm. I can say, I think with women could seem to be able to carry them off at any age, but for, mm. a, for a, a bloke, I've seen yeah. like a young, good looking bloke. What they do is they leave one of the straps down. <laughs> And let the mm-hmm. um, the rectangle, the the chest <gasps> rectangle, oh, um, fold yeah. into what looks like a samosa, a denim samosa. <laughs> oh, that's that their look. Actually. You know, denim <laughs> samosa chic. You're aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, I've got samosas on my mind. I ate five yesterday. <laughs> Just the five? Yeah, just the five. Curious admission. I must admit, I had my, I'd had three the day before. What happened uh-huh. is... Hidden. My, um, my tour manager's um, cousin, uh, Ruby, and I think Ruby, I think they anglicised the name to help me. Mm. But um, she's Pakistani, and they brought me um, like f- that. That you know, the, the, the Pakistani people can't arrive without food. It mm. seems mm. They? so. I had a box of samosas, and those oh. sweets that ought to be sweet with a capital S because they're so sweet. Oh, so yeah. the samosa, oh, yes, I've been stuffing my face is what I've been doing. Um, so that's that's led to a fashion revolution. Just think that box of samosas. <laughs> <laughs> with the denim samosa chic thing that'll be used by everyone now, I'm guessing. Wow. Um, Rasheen Connerty I saw not long ago, and she had a pair of dungarees, and she oh. looked, I mean, I'm going to say, stunning in them. Yeah, I keep saying women can carry them well, off. But who, who, who is the man in the, in the dungarees chair? That oh. is, that's, I know that's a text in your ear a lot on radio. But okay. um, anyway, I'd still like to know. If anyone can think of a modern male celebrity who you can picture in casually in dungarees, I'd love to hear their name uh, on 8 12 15. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is the Frank Skinner Show on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on 81215. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Can I share some of the marvellous correspondence we've had from mm. our loyal readers? Mm. One of our most loyal readers, John Hopkins. Are you familiar with his work? Well, every time you say his name, I find myself saying Hopkins, and that's because I saw a one-man play about Gerard Manley Hopkins, the Victorian poet, and it begins with him just enjoying the sound of his own name, just saying Hopkins. So I always... Mm. uh, It's some sort of tick I've got. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. John Hopkins, (laughs) regarding men and dungarees. Ah, yes. I like regarding. Mm, I like it. It sounds like a wonderful bit of poetry. Sadly... They shall now forever be the domain of the male stripper. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. I did. I didn't oh, know okay. That. No further questions at this time, please. A <laughs> point worryingly confirmed by my 75 year old mother, who recently went to see the Dream Boys. Okay. And we all did. And returned regaling me with stories of dungaree removal that would make your eyes water. They are very, very much um, a Dream Boys thing, I believe. Okay. Uh, okay. That's, that's put me off them a bit. Oh. Yeah, I went, went to see the Dream Boys is how I describe sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, when, when people wore when I worked in factories and people uh, wore them, uh, they didn't call them dungarees because you could go to the store and get overalls and stuff. And some the people, store? you could go to the store there, Sesame Street, yeah. and say, um, you know, can I get a new cow gown or something like that? But you, if people wanted dungarees, they'd ask, they'd ask for a bib and brace. Oh, nice. Yeah, which I think covers the sort of strappage and the, you know the the, the rectangle that the the, the, uh, the rectangle at the yeah. front. The very part you're describing being made into a samosa. Exactly, the... exactly. It was the pre, yeah. pre-samosa stage. It's, a, it's the bib, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kramer 2021 mm. has got into... Do you think that could be some relative of Billy J. Kramer, who was, uh, whose backing group, the Dakotas, had a hit oh. with uh, Lil Children? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did. 
Yeah. I think it might be a nod to the Seinfeld character. Uh, yes. I and I know how you love an American box set. Oh, man, it's the you best do. thing. You love an American yeah. box set, <laughs> What's that one you used to like, baking bread? <laughs> what was it? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, yeah. I thought that was the one you were talking about when I brought up Merlin and you laughed in my face. <laughs> this was in the days you could laugh in people's face without killing them. I know. Yeah. But I, you know, I deserted you. I broke bad myself. Mm. I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. Kramer2021 has got in touch. Hi, Frank. The Les Ross cereal was Yesterday Never Comes. I don't oh. think it's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, I don't enough. think oh. that was the uh, the Western one. I can tell you the theme tune. It went... But I can't remember um, what it was called. It was something like... You know those Western things that have the word gulch in them? <laughs> <laughs> It's had that kind of... Uh, there must be some... I mean, it's not... You know, I can I can find out. I don't want you to be worrying your pretty little heads about something I listened to in the 70s. But, um, <laughs> but um, yes, so it's just only right. just if you know on the... T- well, you know what I mean. People's got... No, no, that's the sort of Doris and Dave film. <laughs> people have got, yeah. you know, stuff to get on with. They don't want to be worrying about um, Les Ross's Western cereal. I appreciate that. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Boys, I enjoy this from 705. It was interesting hearing you contemplate whether or not the chap Kramer was referring to Billy J. Kramer or the Seinfeld character. Mm. Someone should make a movie about that discussion. Just can't think of a title. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. that very, is a very good. fine joke from Phil. That is a very good. And those of you who don't get it, um, well, you know, I can't help you it's with a that. Flock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's very good. And uh, I love that Phil also... didn't state the movie title. No, exactly. It's that's what's the, great about the it. The kind of minds we need. It's those moments, like the one in um, Faulty <laughs> Towers, when yes. Basil Faulty is angry with his car and he leaves the shot. Mm. And the, the director has the great wisdom to just stay on the long, long shot of the yeah. car when nothing happening. You think, well, and then he comes back in with the branch. <laughs> A lot of people would have gone to the tree. Well done for not doing well so. Well done, Phil. You didn't go tree. We've uh, we've also had a, a long text from 329, much of which is good, but I'm going to crop just um, almost like a, a public health warning part from the end of this uh, mm. lengthy text from Celia. Um, I, I wanted to issue a word of warning, she says, about <laughs> dressing gowns, though. I also don't wear mine often, but if the house is cold in the winter, I will don it. I appreciate the use of Don mm. there. Uh, however, the last time I went to put it on, there were hundreds of baby spiders lurking in it. Good job it was black and I spotted them before I put it on. Ugh. Hundreds <laughs> of babies? Uh, hundreds. Hundreds of and, them. And also, I think of spiders as being quite black, so I don't think it would be a thing to see that they were against a black dressing gown. No. Surely that makes it harder to spot them than if they were, say, on a, Hold up. a white or a silver effect. The dressing, dressing gown, gown was black? Yeah, Apparently. But, but... What are you doing? Well, a black <laughs> dressing gown? You deserve it. Celia might be a goth. I don't care. Yeah. You never wear a black Actually, dressing gown. Actually, a goth would have kept the spiders. <laughs> the and, point yeah, true. of the morning... Fresh for the day, fresh start, get up and go, put a lovely white toweling robe on, a black, a loose black dressing gown. <laughs> look, it's the evening wear only. Uh, look, Celia only dons <laughs> it in the winter. I think she's wearing it over her clothes. I think it's that kind of dressing gown. Do either of you have a black dressing gown? No, but I don't. I you know don't. my problems <laughs> with dressing gowns. Problems? I'll tell yeah, you what I discovered. 99 problems with dressing gowns. <laughs> yeah, I um, I just can't find a window. I've said this many times. I don't know when to wear it, but let's not go back into okay. that. We were talking okay. earlier about <clears throat> older people dyeing their hair too dark. Mm. 
We were. And if you're going to dye your hair dark when you're a bit older, you have to sort of dye your face as well. Otherwise, the contrast is unbearable. Mm. <laughs> and um, it, it, you do get that um, Lego... Uh, Lego figure <laughs> contrast of the black hair, and but um, I this week I was looking at a group of uh, pensioners, uh, oh. and for the yeah, not online, they were in the got, street. Got new binoculars, have you? Uh, yeah, and um, specialists. And you know, they were, it was a, they had a sort of traditional that lots of beige, which uh, used to be a thing that pensioners mm. wore a lot. Mm. And for the first time, it occurred to me that that is why pensioners wear beige. Yeah. Because they, they want to break you in gently to when you reach their face. If you start, if you start at the feet and scan up, <laughs> and I'm thinking now, I need to get some lighter clothes, mate. Right? But I've always wondered why do they all start buying beige? But it's just to reduce the contrast, isn't it? Of course, it gets much harder to carry off certain colours. Yeah, well, you know, black dressing gown and relax. <laughs> I would very much, boys, like to discuss a story I came across this week about a couple of old sphinxes. Oh, yeah, I, do, I love these kind of stories. Go on, me too. Do you think that's what the, the crew members call us behind our back? A couple of old sphinxes, <laughs> yes. probably. I'm OK yeah. with it. Probably. Uh, this couple were described as elderly. Oh, were they? I hadn't picked up on that. I didn't know they were elderly. They were elderly. They were retired. I mean, not in this day and age, retired, called elderly 35. Oh, wow. But they were, yeah, I believe they were retired. They were gobsmacked to discover that these stone sculptures they had in their garden, in the, sh in the shape of a, a sphinx, they were sphinx sort of ornaments. These sphinxes, would that be the plural? I like to go for sphinxes. Or would it just be sphinx? I had two sphinx. I like to go for sphinxies. Okay. That's okay. What I like. Sphinx eye. Yeah, I like sphinxies. Okay. Uh, they were. So they must have thought they were worth some money if they put them up for auction. I think. I think that the auction house said three to five hundred pounds is what they should expect. <clears throat> I think they'd actually cost them three hundred pounds because um, what I'd like to describe as a bitter person. In the comments on the on the news story I read, said um, so the people who owned them were already pretty wealthy. I don't know anyone able to afford to spend three hundred pounds on garden ornaments. No, um, that's a comment from a bitter person. I do. There. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I know loads of people. That I don't know what you that. can do. Maybe they've worked their fingers to the bone to get that kind of garden ornament spending budget. Yeah. Yeah, it's, all gone, it's all gone a bit Maggie T. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but these were actually 5,000-year-old, I'm going to say, artefacts. What I mean, the weird yeah. thing is, they were sphinxes from, like, you know, the sphinx, the sphinx age, <laughs> it turned yeah. out. What I mean, it's like the weirdest thing. They were actual sphinxes. They, they were from... Yeah. They were in situ. It was... Um, yeah, hey, it was, Frank, we're going to throw away the sphinxes. It turned out they were taking part in pyramid selling. <laughs> <laughs> that needs a jingle. That was oh, a, I like that. No, I um, I tell you what, I had a, an unpleasant experience in Egypt once when we went out on a trip and the person, the, the, to, the tour guide, was very keen that we went to her cousin's shop. Mm. And I thought, that's fine, you know. And the cousin, he said, uh, you to, uh, come over, I, I nearly did the voice, but I'm fine. He said, uh, I'm going to have to do it a bit. He said, you're a television man, yes? And I said, um, he'd, she'd obviously got that from the hotel. I said, um, well, yes. Yeah. And I thought he was going to say, can you fix my radio rental 12-inch <laughs> screen? He said, yeah. uh, you, you come, come with me to the back room. So I went oh. to the back room. He said, you don't want to be buying the rubbish in there. I thought it was your shop, dear. <laughs> and um, he had some actual Egyptian artefacts. And he said, I said, hold it. Are you you're not supposed to. He says, no one knows. You just wrap them in a jumper or something. 
and you can tell. And I just felt really bad about it. I know this didn't bother Lord Elgin, mm. but um, yeah. well, in his in his uh, in his Grecian uh, trips. But I, I, oh no, I didn't like it. So we don't know how these got here. Yeah. But they were value, so they got sold for was it one hundred and ninety five thousand? Yes, very yeah. good. How bad? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to say nearly two hundred G's. That uh, results. They had been repaired yeah, with modern result. cement, though. Yeah, I, well, I saw a picture of them. They looked like been paint. Someone had painted them white. They're all and, gone and, a bit fresco of Jesus. But even so, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're a real McCoy, as it were. Just to clarify an earlier uh, grammar point, it says in the article I was just looking at that um, Sphinx is, so it's pluralised. I mm. thought it might be like sheep, like yourself, Frank, Sphinx. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it says Sphinx is, oh, and good, I know a lot know. of grammar fans are interested in that. Yeah. The, uh, the Sphinx... Well, I'm a grammar fan, as you know, from a, when I was talking about looking at pensioners in beige clothes. <laughs> and I like cheers. So there you go. Oh, very um, good. Sphinxies. There's a lot of unexplained <laughs> jokes happening The today, best but, kind, yeah. I find. Mm, yes. Sphinxies, they... Let, let's just recap here. They are the centaur build... But it's the lion waist well, they favour rather than the, the horse. We should define. Mm. Uh, they are the head of a sphinx. Is often mm. um, tends to be human, falcon, cat, or sheep. Okay. The body is a lion um, with the wings of a falcon. So it's like if you were a taxidermist that only used <laughs> um, available roadkill. Yeah. And you had to do composite. Uh, creatures. I think that's it's like a, a sort of a stew of the ceramic world, isn't it? Like it's, just it's, anything goes in. It's a bit of everything. Um, I've seen. Uh, I, I, you may well have as well seen the Sphinx in Giza. Have you seen the like the you know the big famous Sphinx? Do you, no. no. Oh no, I haven't seen that. I've what s- you're supposed to say now is how does it smell? Oh, how are you? Because it's got no nose. <laughs> Very good. No, These I, ones, actually, I looked at the pictures of them, and I think the noses had come off. Uh, had come off these two sphinxes as well. It's obviously oh, a bit of a design. To. I'm starting to think the pharaoh should recall the sphinx <laughs> on a on a design fault <laughs> of a yeah. loose loose nose um, issue with them generally. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know if you know this, but they found out. Um, people who've examined the, uh, you know, scientists and things, mm. that the Sphinx, the nose of the Sphinx at Giza, the sort of, you know, if you say a picture of the Sphinx, the one you'll see, that big statue, um, didn't just fall off with age and that, that um, somebody used a, a big long rod type thing to sort of prise it off as if... Oh, be quiet. Yeah, I mean, long, long time ago, like early third century or something, why did they prize right. the nose off? Well, they had no business I th- doing that. I think they were probably... Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of... You know those um, weather houses where there's two doors and a little man oh, comes yeah. out when it's uh, fine weather and a woman comes out when it's raining? <laughs> I think they were making those and they couldn't find the two-door housing. Oh, <laughs> so they prized the noses off the local Sphinx population. I find these Sphinxes... I know it's strange... <clears throat> I mean, I, I know this is a weird one, but I, I feel I love you both and I'll read as well enough to share this with, with you. Okay. They're on my odd crush, my sort of uh, shouldn't but would list. Oh, the Sphinx. Oh, yeah. interesting. I've got a real thing for them. I don't know what it is. They just make me feel, I don't know. It's a strange well, thing. Just- I'm you not glad get it? that we're so broad-minded about stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm OK. And do you prefer the head of a human falcon, cat or sheep? <laughs> I like something about... Oh, no, I always go high status. I want the proper pharaoh. The sheep I mean, knowing, is an interesting choice, isn't it? Knowing that Frank got very angry about the meerkat dating a human. Um, 
I, I'm surprised that he's being so liberal about yeah. this development. And that, um, that bulldog, um, Churchill, yeah. Yeah. Um, went on a, a holiday with, um, what was that woman called? Melanie Sykes. Melanie Sykes. I, I just, I, no, there's so much squalid about it. Into species, um, nobody in the Sphinx though. But I think with the Sphinx, uh, the the great thing is, is you've got so much choice, so many animals. Um, it's 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 a sort of Noah's Ark of um, of boyfriends. <laughs> We've had a bit of an update on the Sphinx that you were talking about. What's the famous one? The you know, geezer. The most famous. The geezer. geezer. The that, geezer sphinx. sphinx. At least I'm assuming that's the one that 929 has texted about. Um, with this little bit of gossip, 929 has said the French shot the nose off the Sphinx with a cannon. Well, that's well, obviously I don't know. I'm no expert. I seem no, to have, be casting uh, I seem to recall reading that it had been prized off uh, early doors. I like the way you set that up, I seem to recall. Yeah. As if this had happened in your lifetime. No, but I, well, I mean, that could be... Uh, yeah. I, we need to get to the bottom of this. I mean, it's all, it's a bit post-Brexit, the old, oh, well, the French did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 929 has actually finished with um, 17 Union flag emojis. <laughs> I I have something else to say. I mean, I, you know, I appreciate you always have something else to say, Emily. That's why you're here. Oh, I love that. The Sphinx. Obviously, I I adore the Sphinx, as you know. And I do the center. I've always struggled with a bit. I'm not going to lie. I'll tell you what the, my problem from with an the, attractiveness point. Of my view. problem with the centaur is, I imagine they're like people with luggage on wheels that they walk right across you and forget there's a lot of stuff behind them that you're yeah. about to fall over. Also, I don't like the way things change halfway. You know, they go from one texture to another. Mm-hmm. I feel I appreciate the Sphinx is meant to be. It's lion on the tomb, isn't it? Lion um, waste. Yeah. It is lying. I think it's... Cool. <laughs> no, it's lion. Couchon. No, it's lying, lying down. It's, it's got... Yeah. It's, li- it's a lion okay. body on the tomb, Yeah, I lion believe. body. Um, mm-hmm. It's got... I think I like it because it's got... It's quite short-legged, the Sphinx. And uh, I enjoy yeah. that. Well, when I was in, uh, in West Africa with Comet Relief, I went to a school and they did a song about a lion. All the kids oh, yes. sang it. And one of the things says it 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 has it has a, a a big head I think it said and and a very small waist I remember that was the lyric ah. and a uh, oh, very small waist the lion and it is it's beautifully slim I must say I can't, I feel we can't we should point out that the auctioneer who sold this for a start off they're from Sodbury oh. which is remember we've been talking about Simon of Sodbury uh, Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and so they are from Sudbury. But what I liked is the bloke um, who conducted the uh, the thing mm. is from, uh, I assume, from that auction house, um, was celebrating that they've set a new record for that auction house, the sale, and also that it's the highest um, sale of the year in something like domestic auction houses didn't mention the fact that they'd valued it at three to five hundred quid which i would have thought yeah. was not a great advert <laughs> yeah because someone could have come in and got it for 500 quid yeah and they'd have been yeah. thinking uh, well done well said to the old couple you landed on your feet there do you know any auctioneers um i met i've met it's like several. The start of the joke doesn't it? <laughs> but I, I don't know any auctioneers no i just think it's quite an interesting professional choice isn't it i've yeah. conducted um charity auctions oh i, I would be stiff with stress doing that oh no it's very good squeezing the last little bit of cash out of these oh, do you do that trash talk where you sort of play one table off the other yeah and all, go, that, oh, that all that all that beating you oh, i remember like, getting yeah. timmy mallet up over the the, the uh over the thousand mark, I think it was the 
thousand. How, how appropriate. That's a generous man. Timmy Mallet there. I'm wondering yeah. now if I should phone someone about that 60 foot pyramid I've got in my back. <laughs> <laughs> I use it to just dry my tents on. <laughs> This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Someone complained that we haven't got our own individual email. You have to just go through the general website. Yes, they do. Well, actually, they've got that wrong because we do. I have my own individual email. You have your own individual email. Yeah, don't, don't tell everyone. Have I misunderstood that? <laughs> yeah, I think some shows on Absolute have their own, apparently. Oh, no one told us. They? Simple as that. No. We've been, been, been omitted. Probably too late. They get on with their thing, no. we do our thing. Oh, uh, no. Rebecca Mason, the Velveteen Dog, has been in touch. Oh, OK. Hi, Frank, <laughs> Emily and Alan. Mm. Bald men aren't always villains. No, I'm just talking about one film. I'm talking about June. I'm not saying all bald men films. She pointed out um, The Rock. Mm. Yeah. The balding and sexy John McClane. Is it McCain? Oh, no, that was a, pre- that was a Republican Kings. senator, John McCain. He's yeah. Yeah. With us. Uh, John McClane. What's his, what's his name, Al? It's very much something you'd know in the Die Hard movies. Oh, John um, McClane. I thought it was John McCain, but I probably am thinking of him. I um, think you are thinking the of The ultimate Republican. hero restoring good versus evil all by himself. Bald men are yummy. Hashtag bald. Yeah, I, let me just yeah. clear this up. A, I've got nothing against bald men. I've seen your Brenner 17 times in The King and I. And glad you added that caveat at the end. Yeah. and uh, that's the, It's a punchline <laughs> of an old joke where the bloke says, can I have a... James Dean haircut and the, and the barber shaves his hair and he mm-hmm. says don't you know who James Dean is he said yes I've seen him 17 times in The King and I <laughs> <laughs> okay it's a very old show with lots of old references but nevertheless like um, it um, no I'm just saying in this one film do you, because Hollywood are running out of um, people that they can show in a negative light then bald men seem to have, have, have got the uh, They've got the short straw this time. But obviously, I, you know, bald men are grey. Yeah. We'll all be bald eventually. Mm. Um. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be in the grave. Anyway, oh, Absolute Radio uh, breakfast Keeping show. Here we are. <laughs> well, not me. Whilst there's still breath in my body and wig stores are available. Okay. Um, I see. Previously, mm. I would like to... You know, we have a little section we sometimes do, which we call uh, Previously. Yeah, oh, where people refer to stuff that happened on uh, the last show or sometimes the show before I don't that. think we have a jingle, Frank, do we? Um, no. OK. I feel like we need one, but maybe we'll just... OK, what about this? Yeah. We could... Oh, sorry. Previously, <laughs> previously, it's from a show that used to be. Oh, <laughs> I like that. OK. That's good. That's good. Uh... Do you remember we were discussing the concept of the retail intruder? Frank Skinner, if you could briefly summarise that. Well, I, I purchased uh, the new kids trend. When I say kids, I mean kids, not actual, you know, not cool people, but kids, children, um, is the poppet, which is like a sort of a industrial version of... Um, a bubble wrap that you can keep using and using and using. And I bought a Poppy Incredible Hulk in Blackpool. Um, 12 quid, I know. And um, Monitor burn. Yeah, and it was, well, speaking of monitor burn, it was from a vape shop. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was talking about what retail intruders. This was when you find a product yeah. in a shop and you think, why, why do they sell it in this shop? So why a Hulk Poppy in a vape shop didn't make no sense and I actually if you remember sang um, Poppy's in a in a uh, vape did. shop I know I know it's serious so okay. more examples of that Sarah in Sunderland 
Mm, nice alliteration, Sarah. <laughs> Did I say that like it was Disneyland? Enjoyable yeah. emphasis. <laughs> it's like Sunderland, yeah. Should I say Sunderland? It could yeah. be a Sunder. What? A Sunder means... Rent a Sunder. I yeah. like saying Sunderland. It means open, does it, a Sunder? So I know I should say Sunderland. A Sunderland would always mm. be the place that was always open. I like it like Disneyland. Okay. Sarah in Sunderland... She says uh, she's a long-time reader, first contact with mm, us. Okay. A couple of years ago, whilst living in Saudi Arabia, I was downtown in a jeweller's. They sold everything you Sarah would expect. Sarah from Saudi Arabia in those days. Mm-hmm. Okay, all the S's in her life. Is it Sarah, did okay, you say? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They sold everything you would expect. A massive array of bright yellow gold, plus gold trophies, medals and ornaments. Mm. But in the middle of the jeweller's shop was a display of megaphones. <laughs> <laughs> what a bullhorn, as they call it in America. <laughs> I asked about them and the shopkeeper kindly offered to make me some Arabic coffee whilst trying to convince me to buy a megaphone as a home security system. See, I think it's if you're wearing a really expensive <laughs> jewel, um, you know, watch or something, have a megaphone for <laughs> help. Help, this person is trying to grab my... That's... What a brilliant idea that is. I mean, security, street security available at the same shop. Respect to Mondo. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I was laughing yeah. at something one of our readers had sent in. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how smart and funny they are. What was it? You'll find out presently. OK. OK? When are you going to tell me? <laughs> All in good time. Okay. Uh, I'd like to um, keep us on the topic that we were previously discussing of, uh, of let's say, retail intruder or mission creep in uh, in certain retail places. <laughs> so if they're selling, you know, vape goods and then they suddenly start selling, what was it that you bought? A poppy thing. A poppet. Yeah. A mm-hmm. poppet. It's, it's strange, isn't it? The retail intrusion. What did you call it? Mission creep. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, that's a military that term. Oh, okay. Um, oh, sound like you. That's a military term. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just it's in the news quite often. Oh, I've never um, heard it before. Good. Sarah Walker has sent us a, a, a tweet and an amusing picture. I've just walked past this mirror shop in Greenwich, stocking items that don't fit the shop, and she sent us a photograph of the exterior of a mirror shop, which also seems to sell huge plastic statues of animals. Um, so there's a shark's head, uh, uh. five pit bull terriers, a giraffe's head, but these are significant things, um, and an ET, a plastic version of ET, which seems to be six pounds. Are it's, they for wall mounting, though? They're, they're life-size yeah, life sculptures. Are they to hang up on the wall? No, they're, they're sort of um, oh, are they? on yes. the floor. Why are they in there, then? Oh, I don't well. know, but, um, I mean... Do you think it doesn't it doesn't reflect well on how the mirror sells? Very going, good. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Order. Can we return. Mm-hmm. Also within previously, I appreciate they have um, emerged before on this show, the dressing gown. Oh yes. Mm. But I'd like to dip our toes back into the dressing gown waters. Okay. Because we posed the question last week, was it, when does one wear a dressing gown? Possibly it was prior to last week. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it was Richard prior. I still would like to return to this subject, partly because um, I enjoy very much Andrew E.'s response to when does one wear a dressing gown. Only children, the frail and the elderly wear dressing gowns. Oh, wow. Healthy adults should never consider it an option. <laughs> OK. I feel quite chastised by Andrew E. I feel slightly but justified. I bet he's not fun at a spa. <laughs> yeah, what about if he's having a treatment? <laughs> you know when people are having a treatment? I don't know when they're having a treatment. They're, they're having lunch in robes. I think, oh, no, I don't want that. We're not in ancient Rome, dear. <laughs> Oh, no. Yes, and people are very... The way they refer to it, people at spas get quite self-important. They say, well, I've got a treatment. Yeah, I've got a treatment at three, so I won't (laughs) be able to do that. Okay. 
Yeah, we've... I'm going to have some stones rubbed on my back or something like that. Jojo has <laughs> also... That. Jojo? Sorry, Jojo has also suggested there's only really one occasion when playing a shepherd in the nativity play. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Absolutely fair enough. And then Jim Robb, <laughs> who sounds like my kind of man, not going to lie, whilst one is having one's breakfast. <laughs> that's Come on. good. Call me. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to get Ricard all over my uh, dressing gown. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'd like to bring up a new story that um, has a, a central theme that, as we all know, is close to my heart, that of thrift. Yeah. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah, here we go, strapping. Uh, the Sun report revealed how she saves hundreds of pounds when buying new clothes by sharing them all with her husband. Who's this? this um, uh, the, what, she, what's the lady called? This is Grace Sergei, mm, okay. oh, I think. Sounds a bit... From Nottingham. And possible. she's recently saved what the uh, red top tabloid describes <laughs> as a whopping... A oh. whopping £764 on a whole new winter wardrobe. They don't add in brackets, but she has to share them with her husband. Um, but, you know, she does. I have to say, I've I've heard some thrift measures in my time. Um, mm. uh, I knew someone who used to buy um, jumpers from charity shops cheap and then unravel yeah. them and knit them into new jumpers. Um, that is thrifty. Yeah, but I have never heard of this. Actually, buying clothes that you can both wear. Mm. This, to me, is a, yeah. a, a revolutionary idea. Well, well, it's not new. I mean, I um, mm-hmm. I used to share clothes with a, a girlfriend that I went out with before my wife, um, yeah, but... and it's why I was arrested for impersonating a police officer, so <laughs> do be careful. <laughs> do I be careful. Uh, she worked out for her next boyfriend. He was a stripper grand, but that's the. Oh, I, I, he had his dungarees, of course, to <laughs> fall back on. Yeah, the samosa yeah. flap. I um I don't quite understand the rota in this oh, because yeah. if they're both going out together, obviously they can't wear the same jumper. Mm. But there has to be things in the wash. Mm. as well mm-hmm. seems to me by the time you've bought the three four things that you need in order to operate that rota, you might as well have bought two each mm. yeah mm-hmm. well I would say it's sort of uh, it's quite fashionable at the moment because it's kind of genderless dressing really mm. I yeah. would say uh, the Gucci were very big on this they were spearheaded this oh really when would that have been? I would say. Would you remember Styles, the lad, the Styles lad, Frank? Oh yeah, Harry oh, Styles. Yeah. He's done a lot of that. You've seen him. He wears. He sort of dresses like Agatha Christie now with the pearls and what That's have right, you. That's right. Yeah. And Alessandro Michele, the creative director, who you're obviously familiar with. <laughs> yes, of course. He... Oh, we, we've, both, we've both got alerts for Alexander Michele on our phones. Me and I Frank. Know. I hope he's got a son called Hugh. <laughs> You, <laughs> Michaeli, sounds a little bit like ukulele, which I don't know if he'd appreciate anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's. Um, I would. I would put a lot of it down to him. Really, okay. this revolution. And when did it begin? Did you, I'm keen for a when timeline. Did it begin. I'd say it's ha- been happening for a while, but certainly the last four years, let's say. I'm interested in timelines because I was talking to a guard. I was talking to my gardener yesterday. Right. Uh, com- he comes twice a year, but nevertheless, he still, he, I still call him my gardener. And he was saying that the con- the, uh, the the office, the garden office, you know, people who have like a shed, a sort oh, of roll yeah, doll yeah. style shed built to work. Yeah. In. He said it, it really exploded in uh, 2012. <laughs> I said that is fantastic, <laughs> fantastic info on the rise of the garden office. 2000. We've actually put a number on it, not just a vague. So um, yeah, I was impressed by that. This is Frank Skinner. So we're talking about this, the new craze of buying unisex clothes. Yeah. I have to say, they have... What, there was a revolution of sorts at um, 
Golden Square, the home of Absolute Radio, mm. when all the toilets, which were previously um, designated either male or female, became um, male and female. Mm. Um, but what they did is the ones that used to be the male ones, says male or female in a, on a blue plaque. And the ones that used to be female says male or female on a pink plaque. And I Mm. have yet, I realised this the other other week, that I have yet to go in a pink plaque toilet. There's still something telling me no, no entry. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's probably me standing there. Uh, I I worked in a a posh hotel in Scotland last week and I, I think this might have already caught on there because many of the male staff were wearing their wives' tartan skirts. <laughs> Fantastic. See, Alan is Scottish, shall we? He's the only one who could he do He can make that joke. <laughs> he can do that gag. I'd like to think that um, people could just take a joke. That's, you know, you don't have to actually be Scottish to tell a joke about Scotland. Oh, okay, sure. but uh, you stick with That's it. That's what I'd like to think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think these couple would have been very happy in Mao's China wouldn't they, where everybody basically wore the old grey tunic and cap. But you know what? It was the Steve Jobs syndrome. It made life a lot easier. I'm just saying. The menial... You know, this was a Steve Jobs thing. If anyone's not familiar with this, I'm sure you are, because it's very well-known, isn't it? But the idea that he only wore black polo necks because it gave him time to be creative rather than focus on menial Mm -hmm. tasks like clothing choices every day. Yeah. Now, and he took them in. He tucked them into in. his trousers, which was in. that was a, a choice yeah. that, um, that I, I wish he'd have reconsidered. <laughs> <laughs> Increasingly, I get it though. I mean, I he'd probably ha- like to stick biros in the top of his trousers and that mid mid idea. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think they think it looks dramatic. Do the they? Polo neck. Mm-hmm. It makes them look mysterious. It but, just makes yeah, you look like backstage t- crew at a comedy gig. But don't tuck them in. That's yeah. my advice. You know what? I've got to be Good honest, advice. though. I'm starting to... I do think he's got... He had a point. Because I uh, had to do a shoot this week and they said, they said, they said you know, sent over, what are you going to be wearing? We just need to check the... Color. A photo shoot. Yeah, photo shoot. Oh, and and I nice. said, um, I said, what are you going to be wearing? And you know what I thought? And it was a sort of black tie theme they wanted. They wanted me to... I, said, I thought, oh, I think I might just go tuxedo. Wow. Nice. Well... It feels like a, a statement, but actually it's because I couldn't be bothered to do all the yeah. extraneous, get the fake tan for the legs out. The it's sp- quite Marlene Dietrich mm-hmm. as well. Marlene Dietrich, think... also, I don't have to drag out the spanks and all the other bits yeah. and bobs. Yeah, that's uh, why I wear one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. slightly strained. Thanks, voice. Well, I'm right, pretending I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Oblique, horrified by I'm that. So <laughs> you went... No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I imagine you'd look great in a, toxide, a tuxedo. I, I worried I'd you know, look a bit Max Wall. I'm not going to lie. It's Bond season. Oh. No, I'm I sure thought it wouldn't. might be a bit Charlie Chaplin slash Mac Wall. Max Wall. Okay, okay. <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> On a lady. Yeah. Um, but, you know... I, I I took care of my upper lip area first, so it's fine. Okay, well, that's... Uh, <laughs> I look forward to seeing those. Where, where will we see them? We will find out shortly. Mm, OK. <laughs> it's not in... Um, uh, no, it won't be. OK. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Is it irresponsible and cheeky to use the readers as a sort of Shazam service? Um, no, I think it's fine. Great. There was an ad... 70s, 80s, can't remember whether there was a song with the lyrics, they're tasty, tasty, very, very tasty. They're very tasty. And I can't remember what it was. If anyone could uh, solve that conundrum, I'd be most grateful. Right. You are asking during during the last link of the show, which seems a tease, doesn't it? (laughs) Let's hope it wasn't some uh, publicity for the Spice Girls or something of that nature. But uh, okay. Um, so we were talking about the clothes sharing thing. I gotta say, my issue with this is I dress a lot better than my partner. 
So I get oh, the, that's problematic. I yeah. get the thin end of the wedge on this. I'd yeah. say Kath deliberately. Kath is a dressed down person. That's what she does. Mm. She makes. I mean, I'm not by any stretch uh, a dapper, but she makes me look like an Edwardian dandy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I don't mean a crumpled and faded old comic. Oh. If that's what you're uh, <laughs> suggesting. I see. So if you've got two, a couple with very, very contrasting um, styles like that, it, that yeah. is a difficult, isn't it? Or yes. physiques. I mean, I'm much taller than my wife, but I am interested in thriftiness. So I did mm. look into the possibility of the divorcing smock. her and remarrying somebody <laughs> similarly sized to me, but... I think you only <laughs> Sharon Davis. Even, so. That's who you need. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But, or a smock, a smart and industrial. Can you imagine smock. if Mrs. Cockrell just tunes in at that point and all she hears <laughs> is Sharon Davis? That's who you need, mate. I think she'll be, she'll be fine. <laughs> okay, my mark is to solve the problem. He solved the conundrum. Thank you. Okay. Oh, what yeah. was what was very very tasty? Well, it, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention the, a brand. Oh, go on. Okay. I think so. Okay. I, I'm getting nothing for this. Uh, brand flakes were tasty, tasty. Really? Oh. I mean, are they though? Well, that no. needs some investigation. It was. I think that might be. I think. Yes, we're having everyone saying it was brand flakes. Tasty. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I don't think that's think why people have brand flakes. Gross. <laughs> I think they... I mean, I hope that proves that we're not getting anything. <laughs> I think they... People eat brand flakes because they're hasty, hasty, very, very hasty, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> also, In a way, I feel sorry for this couple because um, it's, it's... Have you ever seen the meme online where it says how it started and then there's one picture and then how it's going and then oh, there's yes. another picture? yeah. It feels a bit how it started, how it's going. Like it started with presumably intense physical attraction, mm. and then how it's going, buying clothes together to save money. It seems a bit like I it's think not as um, I think it, it should be was. how it started, couple in the same t-shirt. How it finished, couple in <laughs> pantomime horse. <laughs> <laughs> That that seems to be the slippery slope that they're ascending. <laughs> to. I am interested. I mean, I think I like the sort of, for me, at least to me, it's an original idea. Mm. By the way, we've had a lot of uh, dungaree stuff, which I think we've got such a cluster that we'll uh, we'll look at that next week in, in a retrospective dungaree special. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for all your uh, Brown Flakes correspondence. Now that well oh, done. Yeah. On, I would never have guessed Brown Flakes in a thousand years. If I mean taste, it's not the adjective you <laughs> take off the shelf first. Oh no, no. And you know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.